Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster f- Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I am your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome mm. back. Mm. Here we go. Mm. Dave, Dave, I'm excited. I've got several... Uh, follow-ups from previous shows. We're not actually pulling mm-hmm. out previously on the Doc G show, but I realized before we came on air, we've got a couple things to mm-hmm. talk about from previous shows. And the first Perfect. one is right now. That's right. Um, okay. A while back on October 28th, which is actually mm-hmm. a really good show. A long time. Yeah. A long time ago. But not when you're old. Nope. It wasn't too long. Yeah, that's true. In that's in true. my head, I literally was. When I was thinking of this, when I wrote it down, I was like, hey, it was, what was that, a couple weeks ago? And then I looked back at the shows and I was like, oh, okay, it was six months Girl, ago. Come on. All right, well, it was six a little months, bit longer yeah, than I thought. Year. All right. Um, well, <laughs> on that show, great show, by the way, listeners. We, we talked to Grants on that show. If you want to, you should probably yes. go back and listen. Um, I gave a detailed list of how to mm-hmm. decipher whether you're old or not. So true. It mm. was a seven-step plan to determine just how old you are. And I, you know, I think it was pretty good. Now, that's a fact. Admittedly, that list was for your folks that are teetering on the edge of becoming old. The folks mm. that just have to accept it that they're not in their college years old. That's that type of right. old, you know? Right. right. Now, um, this next thing that I'm gonna that I want to talk about is how I decided how you can determine if you're really, really old. Word. Like, okay, this is the final step of old. After this, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's any more levels of old you can achieve. Like after this. I don't want to say it, but I think the you're, next step's you're dying. You're basically dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think that's about it. Um, okay. So this happened in the grocery store. Uh, so oh, jeez. In front of me, uh, there's a dude, and this dude is easily clearing eighty. That's a fact. Like easily. Okay. Most okay. most likely, like a couple decades further than that. Like this guy, pretty ancient. Um, and he, and he's got, he's got your standard, standard garb on for that aged gentleman. He's got a flannel shirt on, some nice, Mm -hmm. tucked in, relaxed fit khakis. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. New balances. mm -hmm. Well, I don't even know if there were new balances. Like it was, you know, just that. Old. They were like the, the orthopedic, yeah. special, mm-hmm. like specialized ordered shoes. Yeah, you don't even know Velcro. what brand it is. You're just like, all right, yeah. there's some curves from on my it. doctor. Okay. <laughs> um, Sweet. Well, so he's walking in front of me. And uh, as you know, I'm a slow walker. So mm-hmm. me and this bro are basically cruising down the aisle at the same pace. You know, we're just going mm-hmm. down together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get in a little bit closer to him. And... Uh, as I get up to him, out of nowhere, a very 
audible, distinguishable fart comes out of this old man. Like, oh, yeah. I'm talking. That, that was his warning sign to back <laughs> the F up from him. <laughs> I'm talking yes! loud. Like, I'm pretty sure if a small child was behind him, he would have been blown down. Jeez. Like, he would have. I love it. I love it. And so, <laughs> this man. Corrupt us in this sh this man didn't miss a beat though like he didn't even break stride when he broke wind mm. he just kept strolling down the aisle like wait doop, what doop, 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 doop. like didn't that's so funny nothing changed and like i'm looking around yeah. and it's just me and this dude there's like nobody else behind me so i can't like look at well, somebody he, and be like well he was thinking you, he's like this guy's homeless like it, <laughs> who cares if i fart in front of well, him? that's the thing is he wasn't like he wasn't thinking anything and that's what no I, he didn't care and like yeah, i love it like i i started thinking about this this guy didn't do like you know like a normal person would do like a preemptive scan to space themselves mm -hmm. out you know totally they, they'd look totally. around and even if they didn't do that they'd do like a post-launch scan to assess the damage like oh whoops what went on there you know like oh man this yeah. dude nothing nope. he just went at it and like i mean I started thinking about, like, if there was, seriously, like, if there was a small child and a mm -hmm. mom behind him, the child may have been orphaned during that explosion. That's how right. bad it was. The Queen of England could have been behind this guy on one of her rare trips to America, and this dude wouldn't even known he just blew her to the ground because he did not care. Wait, he what? didn't look back. He just, whatever. And I started thinking, I was like, that's... That's true old right there. Yes! Like, right. that's Very. how you can tell. Like, and I know there's probably a lot of people out there listening right now. Well, let's be honest. There's some people out there listening, not a lot. Nope. But there's some people out there that are like, maybe, maybe he was doing what he, what he thought, you know, would be funny or something, you know? No. No, no. Nah. No. If, if he if he thought it was funny, he would have done one of the scans or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's funny because it reminds me a lot of my patients. <laughs> they're trying so hard that they just let one rip when they're trying to stand up or do whatever activity. Yeah. And and they they know it happens and they don't really care because they're so focused. Yeah. On their task. They hand. got the. They and got. He so, yeah. He, exactly, and he's so focused on. You know what the next item is on his list? Yeah, he doesn't that care. He doesn't break stride, like you said. He's no. like, you know, going at it. If he farts, he, he farts. farts. He doesn't. He's gotten to that point where he does not care. Yeah, I mean, if you went up to this dude, I'm pretty positive. If you went up to this dude a couple hours later at his house mm -hmm. and said, mm -hmm. "Hey, excuse me, sir, did you did you fart in a grocery store?" He'd probably be mm -hmm. like, "I don't know." Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I, maybe. I do. I do that most of the time when I'm awake. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know. And then, like, I know there's probably some people out there that are like, well, I mean, no, not necessarily necessarily saying you're old. It just means you just don't care, which is true. It does mean you just don't care. But I think, like, even a person that's like on their sixth psychotic breakdown serving like mm -hmm. a 30-year prison sentence if they're walking down the hallway of the prison and they fart they're still going to look behind them when they fart like oh whoops sorry i still think that right. would happen and this it's guy, a natural inst natural instinct 
This guy has gotten to a certain point in life when it concerns of acceptable social behavior are far <laughs> outweighed by gastrointestinal discomfort of any sort. Just exactly. like exactly, nope. Social norms don't apply to him. Not holding this in. Who cares? No, thank you. Nope. Now, when you reach this he's level, like, he's like, he's like, I don't know if th what's going to come out of here. He's like, but luckily, I got my depends. On. Yeah, I don't care what's coming <laughs> out, but you know what? I'm not holding it in. That's for sure. Now, when you reach this level, that's that's old. That's yeah. the top. That, that 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 is it. That's the top level. And you know what? I gotta say, there's a there's a a, a pure freedom that comes with that type of old. I was about you to know? say, part of you, part of you can't wait to be that old. You know, like it's just like who, like what? What can? I mean, he can go up to anybody and be like, "What can you do to me?" You can't do anything yeah. to me. Yeah. I don't care. There's nothing you can do to me. And if he, you know, he can turn his hearing aids off if he wants. Yeah, in a yeah. sense. You know, at least he's still walking. In a know? sense, that guy's invincible, you know? In a sense, right. he's invincible. Totally. It's pretty fantastic. Now that we've defined how to be truly old, Dave, are you ready to fire the show up? Let's fire it up, man. Five. All three engines up and burning. Two. One, zero, and liftoff. Woo! Oh, man, I am excited today. Uh, we got the opposite of old man stuff going on today. We've got yes. young man stuff going on today. Say what? We've got the Dreamers lead singer, Mr. Nick Wold, on the show. Woo! Let's go. I'm excited. We're going to talk about their new single. It's got Big Boy. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's got Upsall on it. Yeah. She's Ooh, she's hot. Boy. She's hot in these streets. That's right. Uh, we're so gonna, hot. We're going to talk about playing in Brooklyn. We're going to talk about opening for the Stone Temple Pilots. What? That's what they did. They did that a couple of years back. It's crazy. Sick. Crazy. Well, but first, we need to start where we start, which would be uh, a birthday suit. Um, yes, sir. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Dave, this one pretty confident on. Uh, actually, I'm I'm pretty sure I could put this at a hundred percent, but I put it mm -hmm. at ninety eight. Just you know, okay. Just just cause. Uh, born on March twenty fourth, nineteen eighty four, in Dallas, Texas. Our birthday suit mm -hmm. wear from a young age. Loved basketball. He watched his dad play pickup when he was four years old and would dribble on the sidelines. Growing mm -hmm. up, though, he was involved in a lot of other sports, gymnastics, karate, baseball. He led his high school team, Lincoln High School, to a number one ranking in the country and was Mr. Basketball mm -hmm. in Texas. He decided to go to college at Georgia Tech, where he led the Yellow Jackets with 15.6 points a game, nine rebounds, and 2.2 blocks his freshman year. After that year, he went to the NBA, where he was selected fourth overall to the Toronto Raptors. In 2006, he became an all-star for the first time, which would lead... Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh is correct. 
Yeah. Ooh, I was sweating a little bit on that one. Uh, uh, well, once I got to the 11 All-Star appearances, and then in 2010 he was traded to Miami Heat where he won two championships, mm -hmm. and you would have you would have got it. So true. Had Sadly had to retire after the 2015-2016 season because of blood clots. Blood clots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's doing okay now, but the idea is like physical activity and whatnot. He didn't want to give it up for a while. I remember him saying like, hey, I'm going to come back. And then he tried to come yeah. back, and they were like, eh, don't do that. Nope. And so he, he didn't come back. But there you go. There you go. Um, and fun fact. Happy birthday, Chris Bosh. Fun back. Are you ready for my connection to Chris Bosh? It's, oh. it's a very weak connection. It. It's extremely weak, okay. but here it is. Uh, my brother went to Georgia Tech. And uh, bam, uh, at the same years, well, no, close, close. Uh, no. My brother's older, um, because he's an oh. old man. And uh, I think one year, I think it might have been my senior year or my brother's senior mm -hmm. year. Can't remember if it's senior or sophomore or se senior or junior, but he had a class that was in the same room as one of Chris Bosch's classes, and Chris Bosch was in, wow. in that classroom before, and he'd always see him leave the <laughs> class. There you go. So true. That's funny. There it is. Big. Uh, so basically, me and Chris Bosch... Your brother are, walked past him. Yeah, basically, me and Chris Bosch are best friends. That's what? what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah, that's, uh, pretty much. That's it. You've been to, you got invited to his birthday party. Yeah, I had to turn no him deal. down. I told him, we've got a show to do, Chris. I can't come to your <laughs> party. I'm sorry. But nonetheless, happy Next birthday, time. great friend. Happy birthday. Enjoy there it. There you go. 3-7. Three, 3-7. Seven, three, seven. Enjoy it. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Looking good for 3-7. Looking good. Totally. Uh, uh, okay. Dave, you ready to rip some headlines? Let's rip it, Doc. It's now time for Rip from the Headlines. Hmm. This first one, Dave, this is, I'm excited about this because, again, this is one of those connections to an old show. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yes. So, Dave, when I was looking at this story in the newspaper, it reminded me that I didn't follow up on something that you told me to follow up on. Girl, come on! So, oh. Yeah, so, so back on February 17th, we had a story from Australia mm -hmm. where an animal conservatory was asking the folks of Australia to catch funnel web spiders so they could milk the spider's mm -hmm. venom to create anti-venom. Ew. And right. I told you no deaths had occurred since 1981 because of the anti-venom. And you said, how many bites do you think occur how per year? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And I said, I had to go back. I looked it up. I said, I'm going to guess 36 bites per year. Previously on the Doc G Show. Doc G Show. Mm -hmm. How many bites there have been? Like how many bites? So saved. Yeah. How many people have been saved? Yeah. Got how, many, it. how many lives saved? Yep. We'll take. Mm -hmm. We'll take a look. We'll take a look. Well, last story here. Real maybe. Quick. Maybe we. Maybe we think there. Because I think in our heads we probably think there are more bites. Do you want to take a guess before the show? Uh, I will before say. Before you do research. Well, let's say I will say there are thirty-six bites a year. That's Ooh, yeah, I was gonna say like I was gonna say like twenty five, like two a month. Okay, yeah. Well, I just did the research. And here's mm -hmm. your answer coming from the Australian Museum in Australia. Okay. Uh quote 
In Australia, only male funnel-web spiders and redback spiders have caused deaths, but none have occurred since anti-venom was made in 1981. There have been only 13 deaths recorded from male Sydney funnel webs, but up to 30 to 40 people have are bitten by funnel web spiders each year. Say what? Yeah. Look at that. Yes. Look at that. I right on the money, it. Doc. I oh Dang. God, man! L- let me tell you, Dave. It is sad how excited I got when I found out how accurate my <laughs> uh, prediction was. It, I right. was I was jazzed Jumping for like around. a couple hours today. I was like, "Why am I so? Ha- oh yeah, that's right. I did. I guessed that prediction. Nice. That's right. Nice." I uh I don't know what that makes me uh capable of as far as job wise, but whatever it is, literally just, anything. Yeah, yeah thank, you. thank you, thank you, thank you, Dave. That is correct. Yeah, so there we go. Thirty to forty per year uh, of funnel web spider bites. Now the reason why I was reminded of that is because the story. Uh, it's 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 less deadly than that, but arguably way creeper creepier and grosser involving spiders. Word. So mm. So remember how last year we had the huge problem of Australia burning? You yes. Know? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah it was real bad. Fires, yep. Real bad. It was uh, all all over the country. Well, this year they've got a huge problem of Australia flooding. Jeez. So Oh god. Yeah. They can't get a break. No, no. Now, New South Wales in Australia, they've been horribly flooded over the last week. A little bit more, actually. And uh, mm-hmm. that's pretty crappy in itself. But right. adding a whole new level of crappy is something that would surely haunt my nightmares if I live there. Um, literally, thousands upon thousands of wolf spiders have come out of the ground so uh, they don't drown. Yeah, to oh, find no. higher ground. Ew. Yeah. God. Yeah. Terrible. And one lady said, I, I occasionally see spiders around the place, but never anything mm. like this. Nope. It's just insane. Uh, that oh, was enough, that scares me. enough to freak me out. I had never seen anything like it before. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's bad mm. enough when your house is flooded, but then when you have to share your roof with 10,000 spiders, pass. Hard pass. No thank oh, you. Boy. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I took some... I, and, and, oh, even creepier, man? No offense to wolf spiders. If there's any wolf spiders listening, I'm sorry, but you guys are creepy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They, they had some pictures of them, and a lot of them... Had egg sacks on the back of them Ew. with just oh, all kind. Oh, just means thousands. Uh, yeah. More. Oh, it was no, 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 no. You can't do it. No, 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 no. That's sorry, you guys in New South Wales, hang in there. But that is yikes, yikes. I feel bad for you. Exactly. Uh, Not only are you dealing with flooding, but you have a spider problem. You know, but I mean, you got to give it to Australians. They usually don't care about things like that. Um, no, they don't. I could really see like somebody just sitting on their roof with like 30 spiders crawling on them. Like, oh, Jesus, they're all over me. Let me just wipe these off. There we go. Okay. Ew. Like, meanwhile, I'm over there hyperventilating. Like, ah! 
Ah, they're all around me. Word. Like, oh, man. No, thank you. No, nope. thank you. Uh, Not at all. Moving on to a very goofy uh, story. Dave, not too many good things happen in McDonald's drive throughs Nope. It's Well, yeah, you know. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no. And this, this next story is evidence of that very fact. Uh, the cops in Lady Lake, Florida. Mm-hmm. Lady Lake, Florida. Do you know where Lady Lake, Florida is? Mm-hmm. I know no, where Lake City La- is. I was thinking of Lando Lakes. But yeah, that's, that's not that's Tampa not. Area. Yeah, no, it's yeah. probably like middle. There's a lot of there's a lot of lake like places. A lot yeah, of places. It's probably near Lakeland. Anyways, in Lady Lake, Florida, I'll check it out in the break. Uh, they, they responded. The cops respond, responded to a call about the drive-through at McDonald's, where mm-hmm. a drunk female was driving. Erratically through the drive-through, mm. um, they mm. found Brandy, who had been eating McDonald's in her car, uh, with glassy eyes and a flushed face. And when they asked her to take the sobriety test, she refused. Uh, mm. w- when they arrested her and were driving her to jail, she said, "Quote, yeah, just take me home. Let's forget about this. Am I right? Yeah, just am I right? Yeah, just it didn't happen." Now, when she arrived at the police station, they found an eight-pack of airplane bottles of vodka in her bra. Hmm. What? What? She was ready to party more. She was ready, man. Now, obviously, very impressive. So true. But I think the bigger surprise for me is having the cops called on you for drunk driving when you're in the drive-thru. That's right. Like, it wasn't the interaction with the McDonald's employees. It was the actual driving in the drive-thru. That's not a good right. sign when you can't follow the <laughs> one yellow line with giant yellow arrows to the window. Like, how drunk are you when that's an issue? It's- you're like bumping into the, the building and yeah, <laughs> the and bushes on the other side. People are just like, did she just take out the whole intercom system? Yeah. Did she take out yeah, the first she window? Oh. She did. She did. Like, that's bad. That is bad. Um, Dave, did you ever go to a school that had a dress code? Hmm. Uh, yeah, like for one year in, in middle school. Mm. Yeah. Mm. That had to be annoying. That's oh man, you you just wear like the same few outfits on repeat. It uh, sucked. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Luckily, I've never had to do that. That was nope. Nothing. No, no schools ever with that in my history. Well, um, a school in England in Crawley, mm-hmm. West Sussex, has implemented a, dr- a new dress code that uh, it's ruffling some feathers over there. A little bit. Mm. Rub a little bit of feathers. Now, uh, the interesting thing about this dress code is it's not for Mm -hmm. the students. It's for the parents picking their kids up from the school. Wait, what? Yeah. Interesting. They just have to be wearing clothes is the dress code. Yeah, so they made the notice (laughs) in the playground etiquette letter, and it urges parents to dress appropriately when collecting their children. Officials are concerned about moms and dads wearing clothes that look 
like underwear. Hmm. A parent at the school said they had seen someone wearing a see-through miniskirt with a crop top. You could literally see, quote, everything. Every, everything. I love it. <laughs> Dave, I, I, we mentioned, we, we talked about this uh, in one of the Zoom stories a while back, but mm. I got to ask... What parents are wearing this stuff around their own kids? Yeah! Like... I know, I know man. I'm, I'm not concerned about the public image. I don't care what you look like around. I'm more concerned about the psychological damage to your own kids. That they when have your to, mom's a hoochie mama. They have to see your disgusting <laughs> body parts. Like, also... Also, I do you like... Know, it wasn't going to be a hot lady because no one would have complained. Well, well, I do <laughs> like how they said moms and dads. Oh, like, dads. Like, can we can dads we get the info... in boxers. I was about to say, can we get the info about the dad that showed up to drop his kids off in a thong? Like, hey, guys. Ew. What's up? I'm just dropping my kids off, you know? I, I I really hope when the other parent said they had uh, seen someone wearing a see-through miniskirt with a crop top, I really hope they're referring to a dude. I really hope that was a dad. Yes. I can only yes. only hope that was it's just... 2021. Just, they can wear whatever they want. Just here for my kids, folks. <laughs> hey, stop looking. I can wear whatever I want. Stop being creeped out, all right? It's just what I wear. Um, Dave... Listen to this title of this story and uh, tell me how this is possible because hmm. I, okay. I had to think about this a little bit when I, uh, when I read this myself. Quote, Virginia police officer shot during attempt to catch an escaped cow. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Are, are any of the listeners like me and said, why would guns need to be involved when you're trying to corral a cow? Like, the cow did not want to go back in. Like, he said, I'm out of here. What's, he said, move. What's, get out the way. What's going on that you got to oh, gotta pull out these guns, these rowdy cows these days? Like... I, so, I of course, this wrote me in to the actually reading the article. Yeah. It wasn't that long, right. uh, but it said officers were responding to an animal complaint Saturday night. Saturday night. It's a rowdy Saturday night in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Right. Um, really? <laughs> Saturday night, a cow escaped from the stockyard earlier in the day. The cow was found near a 7-Eleven a short time after the call, which obvious. That's awesome. The 7-Eleven is the first place I'd look for a cow. He needed a Slurpee and some taquitos, obviously. Yes. Um, the article then says officers intervened after ranchers were unable to capture and contain the cow. An officer was struck by a bullet in the lower body and transferred to UVA Medical Center for non-life-threatening injury. Hmm. The department wow. is investigating whether the officer was shot by a fellow officer or by someone else trying to stop the cow. Huh? I, I still don't know. Hmm. I, st I still don't know, Dave. Why does anyone need a gun? Does anyone have a tranquilizer dart in the situation? Like, right. 
And then second of all, how does someone miss a cow and hit a person? Like... How is Virginia Wildlife not called yeah. and they just take care of it? Yeah, like, uh, so many questions here, Dave. So many. I gotta follow up with Harrisonburg Police. Find out what's going on here. This is just... That's a fact. That's weird. I lo they probably... You know they just threw in the, the random, like, it was another person that shot the guy. <laughs> not like... <laughs> it was definitely one of our police officers. Yeah, it could have been, could have been a, a bypass. Uh, it could have been, it could have been a guy just driving past. Could it could have been one of those Seven Eleven employees? He was the cow for not paying for his merch. I don't know. Right, uh, Dave. I this this uh, this news story saddened me. It was very informative, but it also saddened me, and it reminded me again of something uh -oh. that I remember you had to deal with at the start of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this is a news story from CNN, and the title of the article was to shave or not to shave, how beards uh, may affect COVID-19 risk. I'm still there. Yeah. So the article goes into the reasons why having a beard doesn't allow you to make a full seal of your mask mm -hmm. around your mouth. Now, right. uh, Dave, first of all, I will say they don't actually offer any peer-reviewed clinical controlled trials. There's nothing showing me that there is actually mm, an increased look risk. At that. Yeah, I, I mean, look I, at that. I don't want to be a naysayer. I completely agree that masks are definitely necessary. Yes! But, but, and in the case of having a, a, a mask where you have bare skin and there is a gap mm -hmm. in the mask, yeah, of course. That is increasing the likelihood that a virus is going to enter. However, a beard is not simply a mask, a gap in the mask. Nope. It's a filter itself. No. It's naturally an yes. air filter. That's what it does. There is research showing that that is true. It traps toxins and controls for other factors that are trying to come into your body. Other pathogens. Wow. I'm just look at that. I'm just saying I would like to see more peer-reviewed clinical uh, control trials before making a decision so drastic, I think CNN. you need to put your foot in the race, uh, Doc. Uh, well, I may be slightly you're, biased. You're invested in this topic. I may be slightly biased, but <laughs> Dave, I digress because no one has made me shave my beard. Nope. The more important point about this article is that they have a chart from the CDC that shows... Which facial hairstyles uh, work? Gosh, so many people have sent me that crap. Yes, and I was flabbergasted. I don't know about you, Dave. I was flabbergasted. They have 35 different names Dude, for different they styles. They're basically saying, hey, healthcare provider, professional worker, Go show up to work in a Fu Manchu mm -hmm. uh, uh, with your mask on. <laughs> Fu Manchu was outlaw, Dave. There was an X on it. I will say there was an X oh, okay. on the Fu Manchu. But <laughs> surprisingly, one of the styles that was not outlawed was the tooth uh, toothbrush mustache, huh? which is clearly a Hitler mustache. Hitler. Yeah, and, they, there's a Hitler stash on there. Which <laughs> I, I will go ahead and say to the CNC, uh, CDC, no, shave that. So true. Regardless of the effect on a mask, yes! shave it. Um, but I got. There's a couple of there's a couple of ridiculous ones, and it's like. 
No, I'm not. Oh, I think Lamb Chops is on there. Oh, it is. Too. Yeah, it is. And Yeah, I, it's like, no, I'm not wearing freaking Lamb Chops I, on my face. I got to say, I had no idea. I had three names for facial hair. I had beard, mustache, goatee. That's what I goatee, had. Goatee, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> it. I, I, I got to be honest, too. If any dude comes up to me and says he's planning on growing a French fork or ducktail or verde instead of just saying I'm growing a beard, I, I don't think You're I, a woman. I don't think I want to discuss <laughs> facial hair any further with this man. I don't. No. No, thank you. No, no, thank you. Anyways, just he next he's gonna start telling you about his uh, beard oils. Yeah, and his just, beard wax. Just too much. Too much. Too much. Yeah, uh, you know. No. I mean, but uh, but yeah. Just so you know, listeners, it's out there. There, there are all kinds of names that I was not aware of. All kinds. Um, Dave, we are going to take a break. We are going to hear from our guests, the Dreamers, right here on the Doc G Show. And we are back. Here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Dave? Ladies and gentlemen, do us a favor, stop what you're doing, and go on your podcast downloading app and download the Doc G Show. Whatever platform you do it, we don't care. Get the Doc G Show. Mm. Give us a five-star rating. Mm-hmm. Comment something cool. Yeah. That someone that you like. Anything mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. We'll take it. Tell us. Tell, and then check out the... Tell, oh, go ahead. Tell us you farted on somebody in the grocery store. We'll take it. Tell That's us not. your farting story in the grocery mm-hmm. store. Mm-hmm. That would be awesome if we mm-hmm. just had a bunch of fart story yeah. comments. <laughs> Everybody be like, I wonder <laughs> if I should listen to this podcast. What is this all about? This is weird. So apparently, this person farted. Apparently, this <laughs> podcast is about farts. I don't know. It's odd. No. Like it says pop culture. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't buy it. Apparently, farts are pop culture nowadays. Anyways, oh, Dave. Check the Instagram yes. at Doc G Show. Yes. The website www.thedocgshow.com. Yes. Check it out. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Dave. Um, Dave, we checked it out over the break. Uh, right down beside the villages. That's where we're at. So yes. that's where we were talking Lady about. Lady Lakes. Lady so Lakes. We don't know how old the driver was. No, she was we do. Pretty old. We, she wasn't. Oh, she was thirty-four. I didn't mention she was thirty-one. She was thirty-one. Okay. Yeah. So maybe, maybe she too young for the village. Maybe she'd been hanging out with her grandma and a that's, late night at with you the know, grannies and grandpa who led to bad decisions later on. I don't know. I don't know. But I do know one thing, and that's we need to celebrate some listeners of this show. That's what we need to do. We need to give some shout outs here, yeah. Dave. I love uh, it. Let's do it. Now, these uh, are mainly all new domestic listeners. I got one international new listener I'm pretty excited about. Um, but the first off is Henderson, Nevada. Shout out. Shout out. Okay. Yeah. Let's go, Henderson. South side of Las Vegas there. Took a look. I like Took it. Took a look. Now, I Googled it, Dave. If we're going out there, we need to hit up Juan's Flaming Fajitas. Yes. 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 You cannot go wrong with a flaming fajita you at know, the table. You, you know. You cannot. Uh, they've got 2,200 Google reviews. 2,200 mm. with a 4.7. 
popular. Come on now, that's that's telling me it's good fajitas right there. And, right. and really, let's Literally. be honest. I'm not. I'm not uh, putting down their their. You're main, not a fajita snob. Well, I'm not putting down their main uh, entree, but it's it's not. It's pretty hard to screw up a fajita. Like, right, it, right. It, it's pretty. It's pretty simple. It's, I've never had a bad one. Yeah, so true. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, we're coming for you, Wands. Thanks for listening, Henderson. Thanks. Yes. Uh, next on the list, Aberdeen, Maryland. Shout out, Aberdeen, Maryland. Shout out. Uh, sort of halfway in between Baltimore and Delaware, Wilmington, Wilmington Delaware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. It's okay. a fun fact. Fun fact. Where Cal Ripken is from. Cal Ripken Jr. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Aberdeen. Shout out, Aberdeen. Thanks for listening. Okay. Uh, Hayden. Hayden, Idaho. Shout out. Yeah. Hayden, Idaho. Yeah, now this one. Anything about Idaho? Mm, well, let me tell you, this is you know how you know what Idaho looks like, right? It's got the little like uh, yeah, it's, it's got a point. little chimney up there at the top. Well, in yep. uh, Hayden is up at the little top of the chimney, like it's oh, it's way up there. Yeah, at it, the tip of the top. Yeah, it it's twenty miles away from Spokane, Washington. So that's how you know high oh, high. Cool. Yeah, it's way up there. Now I took a gander, and I gotta say. Hayden looks pretty gorgeous, you know? It's got some pretty okay. good nature. And nice wilderness. And yeah. Hayden Lake right beside it. Um mm, and I, I, I got, like that. I gotta tell the listeners, I wouldn't mind having a vacation home up there. It looks pretty sweet. No. Now, in Can't fact go wrong with the lake house. In I fact, can't. I did a little research, Dave. I found I found a cozy lake house. I found uh how much are we talking? It's a eight thousand six hundred square foot, nice small little lake house. <laughs> Um, yeah, just just you know, just for you, cozy, cozy, and you know who a visitor, a, to. a couple uh, on a hundred and eight yeah. acre plot of land, Jeez. so pretty small mm. little little chunk of land. Uh, How much are we talking? Pretty cheap, twelve point nine million. So yeah, no biggie. Yeah, no biggie. So if I come across twelve point nine million dollars, I may buy it. That's all I'm saying. That's yeah. You hear that, real estate agent Joe Pearl? Joel Pearl, keep keep her open for me. I'm gonna move around some funds. I'll be back. I will be He's back. Move his Bitcoin around. Exactly, Joel Pearl. I forgot my code. I forgot my code. Maybe it was Joel. To his wallet. Maybe it was Joel Pearl that was listening. If it is, hmm. Joel, shoot me a discount on the house. Like I'm talking 99.9 percent .9 discount. Uh, and I still wouldn't be able to afford it. Uh, yikes. 12.9 million. Oh I do not have that in the bank. That is for sure. Nope. Uh, shout out, though, to Hayden, Idaho. Then next on the list, Belleville, Ohio. Belleville. Mm. Yeah. Shout out. Yeah. Now, uh, if you're going to Belleville, you got to hit up Gorman Nature Center. That's what I hear. It hit up Gorman nice. Nature. Yeah, it looks, nice little trail place. Yeah, little trails. They got some nice little nature going on in there. Although it mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. most of the pictures I saw were during winter, and I'm I'm gonna have to wait until summer till I go to the Gorman Nature Center. You know, I yeah, I you're like, not a snow hiker. I like to see living nature when I'm out there. I don't want to see a bunch of dormant nature. No, thank you. No, thank you. Nope. Uh, but thank you, Belleville, for listening. 
Yes. Next you. on the list, Spartanburg, South Carolina, South Cackalack. Sure. Now I'm pretty mm-hmm. positive we've had Spartanburg several times, but I didn't remember. I believe so. I didn't remember listening for uh, listing them for a while, so you know, I thought I'd throw them back up you gotta, there. You gotta give, yeah. Everyone appreciates this shout out. And they're know. they're always high on my list because they have two count them two Fuddruckers in their city. Ooh. Two. Say what? If you have two Fuddruckers, you are a tremendous city. You End made of it. story. You made it. End of story. Dave, if this if this radio show doesn't work out, that's my next venture. Is opening a franchise opening of Fuddruckers. Fud yeah. I'm Dude. actually, oh. uh, we haven't talked about it, but I'm actually extremely sad because the Fuddruckers that me and my parents used to go to for literally, mm-hmm. literally like three decades closed in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. It had been open for longer than I've been alive. That's how long it had been around, and it finally closed. So sad. So sad, That's a man. Shame. Yeah, I was I was heartbroken when I saw it. So shout out whoever owned and operated that Fuddrucker. Shout out to you because I loved it. It's filled with <laughs> fantastic memories. A lot of memories. Fantastic yep. memories. Now moving on to our international shout out. International newcomer Nairobi, Nairobi, Kenya. Shout out Nairobi, Damn. Kenya. Yes. People in Kenya. That's so cool. The capital of Kenya. Shout out. There, there are almost five million people in Nairobi. That's wild. And one Doc G list. In one, one, at least one, maybe more, maybe more. <laughs> at least one. It's maybe it's, a handful. It's almost six thousand feet up there too. It's higher than than Denver. Wild. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Now I did not know that. If I go there, oh, well, and that's one of the things they suspect as far as why Kenyan distance runners are so good is they train in altitude for their whole life. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Now, um, if I go there, though, I got to check out some leopards. Got to check out some leopards. Uh, I'm gonna. Oh, we need to. They have like little big cat sanctuaries. Yeah. And stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And now, I mean, I check cool. some lions too, but I, I, I don't mind saying it. Mm-hmm. I'm more excited about leopards. I know most people okay. wouldn't be with me on it, but Word. I just leopards and they impress me more. Pound for pound, they're stronger. They're loners. They're they're imp- and plus they're just they got a better coat. I'm sorry, lions, but they're beating you yeah. out on yeah, coat. That's a that's a fair point. Plus, I mean, for you, Dave. They're 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 the old world cousins of your favorite jaguars. The jaguar. Yeah. So, yes, indeed. You know. You know. So shout out to everybody they have listening. A soft spot too. Exactly. Thank you for listening, everybody. Yeah, Dave. Shout out to all the listeners. Couple stories here. So uh, real okay. quick, uh, I vaguely recall a story from last year uh, mm-hmm. about a lady jumping into a zoo uh, enclosure after a purse, which. Yes, I think yep. we can all it agree was, uh, that was pretty. I dumb. think it was a. I think it was an ape one, if I'm not mistaken. I, ape or a, a big cat. It may have been the big cat, but I think it was an ape. I can't remember what it was. I thought I was thinking alligator for some reason, but I can't remember. Anyways, Anyways. the dude in this next story didn't think it was dumb. He thought it was pretty smart, mm-hmm. and it should probably be done again. Uh, and uh, probably should he should probably include more people than just himself and larger animals as well. Word. So this past Friday, a dude was at the San Diego Zoo with his daughter mm-hmm. when he got 
to good the good choice. Great zoo. To, it is a good zoo. Did not make a good choice once he got there. Uh, he got to the Asian and African elephant exhibit, and for oh. some reason, he thought the best course of action would be to jump over and go around multiple barriers. What? And a couple of fences to be inside the elephant enclosure with his daughter, who is an infant. Oh, no. Yeah. Not the kid, too. Oh, jeez. Now, the article doesn't really describe why the dude went into the enclosure, but other folks at the mm-hmm. zoo think it was a picture. That's why he was trying to take it. Uh, and it didn't take long for one of the elephants to notice him. And not appreciate him being in their enclosure. And the elephant really? came charging at him. Yes. Yeah, male oh, elephants male elephants don't like people in their areas. They very territorial. Um, and when he realizes wow. this, this dude tries to run. And literally, there's a video of it. When he starts running, he drops his baby. He just... Bup, oh my bup. gosh. And then, I mean, at least I guess I give him uh, just the teeniest bit of credit because he turns around. He's like, oh, whoops, drop the baby and grabs it up like literally before this elephant stamps it to death. And, uh, oh, my God. Yeah. And so what then an idiot turns around, picks it up, throws the baby through the gate. And uh, luckily, nobody was hurt. Elephant wasn't hurt. Um, but let's recap. This dude went to the zoo with his daughter, saw the elephant exhibit, thought, hey, it'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty cool to Uh, get a picture with these elephants, but you know what? It'd be so much better. Yeah. Be so much better when this lame fence wasn't in the way. So true. I should probably take my baby over the fence. There's no way this four ton elephant with tusk, as long as me, could pose a threat to me or my child. I'll just take this picture and everything will be fine. That's hmm. what he thought. And I know I know, I mentioned this in the other story, but just imagine, just imagine for a second, Dave, if that kid got trampled to death by an elephant and he had to go, yeah, guy, go oh, around man. the rest of his life having to tell people, well, I was, I was trying to get a sweet pick. And incidentally, I yeah. killed my kid in the process. But wait, what? if that wouldn't have happened, it would have been a sweet pick. It would have been a good one. Yeah. Like, what What do you so do? Many li- so many likes on Instagram. What do you do if that's your life? That, that Come on, bro. Better decisions. Better decisions. Uh, Dave, I think you're aware. I'm not big on getting to know my neighbors. That's... Uh, you are... You, like the leopards you want to meet, are a loner. That's that's not one of the things I do, Dave. Now, I now <laughs> now that's not to say I don't have neighbors that I'm uh, uh, not a huge fan of. I have neighbors that I'm a huge fan of. Huh? Uh, I've got one neighbor who has a German shepherd. Uh, mm-hmm. We say what's up to each other almost every day. That's a fact. It's nice. There you go. Uh, there's an old guy down the street uh, that hangs out with mm-hmm. his two cats on a screened-in porch. I give him a hearty wave wow. every day when I'm leaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nice. That's good does enough. Does he think you live there, or does he help think you have, like, a tent or something? I don't know. But you know what? I, we don't need to know, because all we've got okay. is our relationship of mutual saying hey. Re- mutual yeah. respect yeah. of saying hi. Yeah, and that's yep, good enough for me. Man. We don't need to go any deeper than that. Nope. But apparently, <laughs> the folks in Cape Coral, they need to go deeper than that, because... Uh, mm-hmm. There was a there was a uh, couple, new couple that moved into a neighborhood, 
And this couple, Amanda and Thomas, uh, they they moved in right before the pandemic started. And A-Bomb and Tommy were worried about meeting their neighbors. So they made a flyer that said, free beer, with the statement below, Hi, we're new to the neighborhood and would like to meet our lovely neighbors. We will be in our there driveway with drinks, ready to meet any neighbors who would like to stop by. We can't wait to I, meet you. I like it. Say what? It's a good idea. Now, Dave, I can already tell that you didn't think the same thing of me. Uh, if I would have seen this in my neighborhood, I, I would have automatically think that A-Bomb and Tommy were trying to poison us with their drinks. So true. I'd be like, what the hell did they uh, put in they these drinks? They were trying to clear out the whole what's, neighborhood. What's going on with uh, these drinks? Smart. They're definitely tainted. There's something going on with these things. There's no... And, Who would give away free beer? And you know me, Dave. <laughs> I love being fat on my own. Now I don't. Yes. I don't drink too much, but I will eat yep. everything. And if they had like free Fuddruckers burgers, I'd rather just pay for my Fuddruckers burger and not have to talk to them while I'm eating it. Oh! That would be better. Oh. Like, <laughs> I, sad. I, I, sad. I, I don't. You're that guy that drives white right past on waves and says, "Yeah, <laughs> we could. We, no, we could have just just like me and the old man. We could no, have a nice wave." No, that's what I'm saying. You have a nice wave, but with their sign saying, come meet us. Yeah, not going to happen. Sorry, A-Bomb and Tommy. Not happening. (laughs) Not happening. Uh, Okay, Dave. Second birthday suit. Here we go. All right. Uh, Now, this one, I think you're going to get. It's a little bit iffy. So, I gave it 70%. 70. 70. Oof. Okay. Born on March 24th, 1951 in Elmira, Elmira. Uh, New York. Our birthday suit mm. wearer was always intrigued by fashion. Mm. At the age mm. of 18, our birthday suit wearer started working at a clothing store in Cape Cod. He opened his first mm. clothing store in 1971. He and a friend would drive mm-hmm. to New York, buy clothing to stock the store, but mm-hmm. he didn't like a lot of what he found, so he started designing clothes himself. His store mm-hmm. went bankrupt in 1977, but our birthday suit wearer kept working and enrolled in classes in commerce and fashion. Mm-hmm. In 1984, mm-hmm. he started a company named after himself. Mm. He said, maybe it's the small town boy in me, but I've always loved Tommy the- Hilfiger. Tommy Hilfiger is correct. Let's go. Nice. Oh, man, it was between that and Ralph Lauren. But we, I figured we'd already done we, that before. I was about to say, we'd already had Ralph. We couldn't hit it yet Let's again. Let's go. Yes. Let's go. He said, maybe it's the small town boy in me, but I've always loved the prep school look, traditional Ivy League, and the clothes that sailors and jocks wear. Word. I wanted to make these familiar old things and give them a more laid-back attitude. In 1996, he opened his first store in Beverly Hills. Two years later, in London, in 2006, our birthday suit wearer sold his company for a smooth $1.6 billion to a private investment company. But our birthday suit wearer still remains their principal designer. There you go. Look at that. There you go. So he was born in 51, so this is his 70th birthday? Big 7. Big 7 0, man. Wow. Big 7 0. Happy for birthday, Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. Yeah, Very man. Very cool. I used to have some Tommy growing up, man. I was big into Tommy. Oh, as man. I, say, I feel like that was 
that was our generation's growing up right around man right around wearing some tommy with the big tommy flag on the shirts i remember there was this girl uh becky in the uh, grade above me she had some tommy Mm -hmm. hilfiger jeans that were the Mm -hmm. uh, one side was all red one side was all blue oh my god i thought they were so cool i was like oh my god if i had those pants oh you don't even know I would be famous. I would be famous if I had those pants. Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't have those pants. My mom's like, no, I'm not paying $120 for those pants. Nope. Get some regular pants, you moron. That's a fact. Something like that. Man, at that time, too. Jeez, that was expensive. Yeah, I don't know if they're actually $120. I made it up, but, you know, something around there. They had to be expensive. Tommy stuff was like, you know, you you always had to search for the Tommy stuff that had been knocked down like five times. So you were like, okay, it started out at 85 then it was 60 then it was 44 now it's 29.99 i can finally buy this nice yes anyways happy birthday tommy we are going to take a break and we are going to be right back with none other than nick wold of the dreamers right here on the doc g show What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, we are extremely lucky to be talking to the lead singer and guitarist for the fantastic band Dreamers, Mr. Nick Wold. Nick, how are you, sir? Doing great. Thanks for the warm welcome. Yeah, man. Yeah, I think first, I, I'm I'm really excited about this. We need to talk about the new song, Palm Reader, yes! because... Yeah. I I love this song. That's a fact. It's it's fantastic. <laughs> you just you just released it this month and uh I've been it's it's been heavy rotation. Every time I go somewhere, it's usually the first one that I bring up. Fire me up, man. Um Oh, thanks for that, man. That's awesome. Yeah, and it's I mean, what a group to collaborate with. You got Upsall and you've got Big Boy. I mean, Talk about a group. There's no way I would be able to keep my cool around. Nope. Like that's like yeah. <laughs> how how did how did you come about working with those two on the song? Legends, uh, both of them. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of crazy. Um, we had uh, done a little bit with Upsaw. I'd written a couple of songs with her. Mm-hmm. She's like just this amazing talent, rising star. Yeah. Um, she's gonna be like too big to talk to me soon. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I yeah, think we, she's already that reached that point with me. I think she's yeah. already... <laughs> <laughs> right. It happens fast. It uh, happens fast. But yeah, um, we were in some songs and we had a great vibe going and we just thought that she would kill that song and asked her if she wanted to do it and she did. So that's oh. rad. And the same thing happened with Big Boy, who is the legend himself. Yeah. Who I was a huge fan of, you know, in high school, like Outcast was it was my favorite hip-hop group. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of surreal for me. And sometimes I'm like, is that real? Is that one actually <laughs> real? Because, you know, it's all over quarantine. We never met him yet. We just, he he's in Atlanta, and he's doing his thing over there. He filmed, like, a portion of, a, of, of the music video, his portion, you know, over there at 
Stankonia, man, and just sent it over to us. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it came to our manager who knows his manager, and he kind of asked if he'd want to do a song for like ten years over the course of different <laughs> artists, and he never said yes. But this song, he was like, "I like it. I want to do it." So nice. He had the I same vibe it. I did. Awesome. Awesome. It's. Oh, yeah. It's. I mean, yeah. I I I thought the same thing. I mean, big boy. Uh, I've been. I've been a fan of Outkast since fifth grade, man. I mean, just all, all their awesome. albums yeah. from, you know, Players Ball all the way up to, you know, uh, I mean, Stank Onya and just on and on and on. They just fantastic. Both both sides and Big Boy, he always does interesting collaborations like this. I think that's what drew him in is that, yeah. you know, it's not, it's not the normal just, okay, here's another rap collaboration it's it's interesting artists right. that are sort of outside of his his milieu and he's like all right let's do it and it, it works works really well. well how's the response been so far to that song man it's been amazing it's been amazing um yeah as we expected like a lot of new people are hearing us like fans of upsall fans of big boy yeah um but yeah i don't know it's just uh i think it's just a really fun song and People seem to, to love it. It's hard to tell, you know. It's always like we make this baby and we pick our favorite one. We're like, we love it and we put it out. And it's <laughs> like we're just still, I'm just still here in my apartment. I, I, I hope people like it, you know. Yeah. yeah do, do, <laughs> do you do you ever find yourself like getting caught up in the in the numbers game when when a song comes out, like looking at the analytics, like how's it doing? Yeah, I kind of get. I kind of look at it. There's like Spotify has this great app now for yeah. artists. We can see where stuff's being played and. I was like, like, okay, Chicago. That's where we played the most. Yeah, Chicago is our friend for some reason. Florida's great as well. Uh, I and we noticed that Heat Seeker, our song from last year, is yeah. Now it's just moved to its number one city is Moscow, Russia. Mmm, mmm. The strange development. I'm like, wow, we gotta, yeah, gotta get over there. But <laughs> yeah, it's all. It all seems so abstract here since we're not touring and we're not like going and seeing anyone. Yeah. Um. It's like, yeah, I guess this is a thing. I guess yeah. people are listening to the song. Yeah. I hope it's real. Uh, it's, it's, it's real. It's real for sure. I, I get caught up. <laughs> I do the exact same thing with the uh, with the yeah. show on, on a lower level. I'm like, what? Somebody in right. Dublin, Ireland is constantly listening to this show? Awesome. Right. Awesome. Thank you, Dublin, yeah, Ireland. Amazing. You know? Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's take the listeners back. Uh, sort of, you're you're starting your musical journey. You grew up in in Seattle, and now I've, yeah. I saw a lot about you playing the saxophone. Was that the first instrument you started playing, or did you first start playing the guitar? No, the saxophone was the first thing. I, I my mom tells me when I was like two, I wanted to play saxophone. Wow, I don't know why. <laughs> Can't explain it. But uh, saw a California yeah, I, raisin and got interested. Right, <laughs> something. I saw Bleeding Gums Murphy from The Simpsons. Nice, probably. nice. But, uh, yeah, so I grew up playing that and studying jazz uh, all through, like, high school, and that's what got me to into NYU. Yeah. So I moved to New York when I was 18 to uh, study jazz. Nice. And kind of uh, it devolved from there into a <laughs> career of uh, rock and roll. <laughs> now, well, I mean, I hear you constantly mention, as far as, like, inspirations, you, you talk about the, the Beatles, obviously, and I hear you talk about... Uh, yeah. Nirvana a lot and like yeah. you said you started with jazz and you went to New York to to study jazz uh, was, was it like a duality growing up of like jazz and rock that you listened to 
growing up, or did you like have a hard switch at some point that you were like, "Let's go rock"? Yeah, and it, it was kind of uh, growing up. Like I was always just surrounded by you know Seattle in the '90s. It was all grunge. And yeah, like there was like a brief moment where Seattle was like the center of attention for <laughs> music and all that awesome music, which is probably still my favorite because it just feels like the water that I mm-hmm. crawled out of. You know, mm-hmm. like Nirvana, Soundgarden, House and Chains, all that. Yeah, all that stuff. And the Beatles were always playing in the house. My dad was big in the 60s rock, so I discovered his vinyl collection. Nice. And it was all like from the Beatles to B.B. King to like Miles Davis. Nice. So I was, there was definitely like rock. And then jazz just felt like a thing I was doing and, and you know, kind of like something I was into, but it didn't. I didn't know that it was like my career or anything like that. <laughs> right. And I never really thought that until a little later in childhood, you know, when I was like 18. Yeah. Or like pacing around, like, what am I going to do with my life? A doctor, lawyer. Yeah. I thought I was going to be an engineer, a scientist. Mm. Uh, but I was just like kind of moved by like deep depression mixed with uh, inspiration for wanting to change the world and realizing that everybody who is like a big rock star or a big famous politician is all just regular dudes mm-hmm. like you and me. Mm-hmm dudes and and do that yeah and why not just take a shot so i felt like uh giving that a try and just it never uh it never stopped (laughs) well i mean uh go going back real quick to one of those uh inspirations uh the nirvana i saw that you guys recorded at at sound city studios where nirvana recorded never mind uh, yeah. What what was that like for you going into that studio and and you know being surrounded by that? That was crazy, a crazy experience. Like we had been sort of struggling in New York, trying to you know working at a bar and trying to get our band to get noticed. You know, doing the uh, band tours for years, mm-hmm. and that was kind of around the time we got our first like record deal and our first big tour opening for Stone Temple Pilots. And yeah, we actually got signed by. This guy, Kevin Agunas, who was the one who bought Sound City and kind of saved it after that documentary came out about it, yeah. where it was going away. Yeah. He kind of like saved it and refurbished it. And so we got to do our record there. And yeah, it was it was crazy. Because like every studio has some kind of gold or platinum record on the wall, of like something that you might have heard of from yeah. the 90s or the 80s. But that one, it just has like the craziest stuff on the wall. It's like Nirvana, Nevermind. Yeah. On the wall right here. Yeah. You know, Fleetwood Mac, Tom Petty, yeah. Rage Against the Machine, so many, you, you can't count them. And they're all, like, the best ones. <laughs> yeah, and it, it's funny, the ebbs and flows, when you watch that documentary, as far as, like, you know, they have, at the beginning of the 70s, these huge artists, and then it's, like, a down period for a little bit. And then the start of the 80s, they right. have these huge artists, and it's down for a little bit. And they have these huge, uh, like, at the 90s, and... It's uh yeah every every decade for like four decades straight just insane monumental albums coming out of there. I know it's crazy. Now it's a crazy thing, the uh, mystique in there. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, it has to. You know, that's one of those things that I I, I was talking. Who was it? It was um Mike and the Moon Pies, a, a country group out of uh out of uh Texas. They recorded at Abbey Road. Mm. And you yeah. know he got to he got to sing on John Lennon's microphone, and I was just like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to concentrate. I'd just be like, oh my god, it's John Lennon's right. microphone. It's insane. Like, 
it just i it's so crazy yeah yeah hard to put it out of your mind while you're actually doing it yeah it's like that stuff is all like a fantasy world sort of it's like you just think of it as this legendary thing until you go there and you're like oh yeah it's it's a real place i mean it's in a studio it's just studio it's not gonna make your music good yeah um necessarily and i'm sure a lot of crap has been recorded at abby road (laughs) as well yeah yeah. And like, but it does like make you like sit up straight. I'm just like in that room, like, wow, I better like do a good job right now because I'm literally in the chair where I had like a poster of Kurt Cobain sitting here <laughs> he's, as a kid. So he's it's like, lo- I he's don't, looking don't down. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, so it would probably help us in that way. Going back real quick before we get to you, you getting to that album. Uh, you had a band first yep. that was a little bit more along that line uh, of of sort of grunge. You had uh, Motive, which was sort of that, you know, grungy, more grungy rock. And you, you started mm-hmm. that in yep. in New York, in Brooklyn. And I was thinking, that's got to be like, I feel like, I don't know, I've never done it. I feel like that's a pretty hard edge place to start playing. Like, I feel like people will let you know <laughs> if you suck pretty quick. Was it, was it tough playing yeah. bars there? Yeah, it was. It was, uh, it was both really fun because I was, you know, young and just working at a bar and playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I fell in love with New York and just like, it was kind of a community of just all the most interesting weirdos from every town uh, in America and like the rest of the world yeah. came to there and there was kind of a wave, everybody living in warehouses and stuff. Um, so that was just cool to sort of be in. Yeah. But also, yeah, also tough because you're in a city where like all the biggest artists in the world are next door, like yeah. the same night. So it's like, why would someone go to your show? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think it was kind of a boot camp in that way, but it was good. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. I started. Li- I I started living in my practice space, just crashing on a futon, uh, with no shower. <laughs> we got a twenty dollar gym membership to take showers and just kind of making it happen nice um out of necessity because rent was so high and it was the only way i could do music all the time but also it's definitely kind of a a, kind of romantic memories because it was you know it was by choice and i was really doing what i wanted to do so it was the process yeah 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 um well so so that band you know about 2014 it, it dissolves and, and Dreamers uh, starts to take shape. You're writing songs for Dreamers and Dreamers is yeah. is a different soundscape. You know, uh, like I said, yeah, Motive's yeah. more punky, it's grungy. Uh, Dreamers is more vibrant, more power, sort of power rock pop sort of deal. Uh, what, yeah. what made you want to change the sound? Yeah, well, it was kind of... Uh first band started still kind of in the wake of like new york indie rock mm-hmm. uh the strokes guitar heavy music and i think it was just kind of it, it wasn't going anywhere creatively and uh, members of the band we'd all disagreed on what kind of music to make mm-hmm. and it kind of just we kind of just started doing stuff apart you know and yeah uh i don't know I, it just kind of came from me being by myself in my practice space all the time just kind of writing songs i wanted it to be more futuristic more more different more something that that couldn't have been done in the previous decade so it's just kind of incorporating more 
computer sounds and just kind of trying to take the soul of what I was doing, but make it like something crazier, something more interesting and, and, and just kind of kind of happen that way. Yeah. Well, I definitely, I, you know, with dreamers, I love the, the melodies, the, 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 the choruses. It's so, it's so vibrant. It's so melodic in a lot of ways. And, I feel like nice. you know both of your both of your big inspirations that I always hear. Obviously, that was a cornerstone of both of them. I mean, Kurt loved the Beatles, yeah. and he always wanted yeah. it to be as you know, sort of melodic and 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 infectious as their songs were, even though it has a lot harder edge. And I think that sort yeah. of bleeds through into yours as well, as far as that that really good sounding sort of gets in your head that's what palm reader does you know it gets in my head as far as the as far totally. as the chorus awesome yeah well so you guys the first ep it was pretty i mean you know as far as you guys getting together and whatnot it was it was fairly fast and it got a pretty good amount of attention and i noticed uh you guys recorded that in charlottesville virginia uh which you know yeah. Seems a little strange for a guy that grew up in Seattle and moved to Brooklyn and then eventually L.A. How right. how does how does Charlottesville come into into play for that that EP? Yeah, well, uh, first uh, to your first point, I'll say like, yeah, I think the sweet spot for a rock song is like, can it be deep and can it be edgy and can it be super expressive, but also like make you really want to just love listening to it because it's like melodic, yeah, and it just gets in your ears. But yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, Kurt, I think Kurt found the sweet spot for that. Oh, yeah. Which is why that was such a great band. But, uh, yeah, so Charlottesville, at that point, we had been, like, driving around the country all the time in our van. Mm -hmm. So it was, like, strange to say, like, where are you from? It's like, oh, man, I, I don't know. I was in Seattle. <laughs> I was in New York. Now, like, it going everywhere. Yeah. Um, L.A. Uh, so, yeah, it was. we, we met uh, this producer, Danny Kalb, mm -hmm. in New York. And just, like super vibed with him creatively uh it's just i was like it's awesome like you know instant man crush friend where you like everything you talk about you're like oh yeah that's like my favorite influence too oh yeah that's yeah. my favorite movie too so we kind of just started making music together and he's a rad producer and he's just like yeah i know this studio called ravensworth mm. in charlottesville in like a big forest mm. ranch and it's just this small uh, house owned by a married couple and uh it's like, yeah, we could just stay in there, crash in the studio, and uh, they cook us food every day, and we just, like, sleep in, I slept on an air mattress in the, in the live room, and just made a, an album, which we were planning on making an album, ended up just being an EP. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, I, well, I had I had to ask because I'm I'm from Virginia, so I was wondering how yeah how did how did he get down there why <laughs> why why Charlottesville um not too long after yeah. that though you mentioned it before uh you know Stone Temple Pilots chooses you guys yes! to open for them uh were yeah. were you a big Stone Temple Pilots fan growing up cuz I know you mentioned all the Seattle bands but obviously they were around the same time just not from Seattle. Yeah, but they were from, you know, California and they were like a big part of that mm -hmm. whole wave and okay. yeah, I was a huge fan. Nice. Huge fan of Stone Temple Pilots. And, um and and our bass player it was like his favorite band for while he like learned all his bass parts from Rob DeLeo's bass parts. So they Stone Temple Pilots is, is a crazy example because they have like they sound like kind of rough and like yeah 
but sort of like so working jazzy. in rock, but but so also yeah, also so complex somehow and so jazzy musically. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of those kind of sweet spots that walk the line. For stuff. sure, I I sort of wondered that, like you know, when I was when, when I when I found that out, I was like, oh man, I wonder, you know, because just your background as far as jazz, because like that's always the thing. Whenever I'm looking at Stone Temple Pilots music, I'm just like. What? Who puts this in a rock song? Yeah. What is the where, where is right. this coming from? So like I you know exactly. I was I was I was wondering I mean did you get to did you get to hang out with them? Yeah, we did. They were totally super welcoming to us. They put our name big on all the all the billboards, you know. Yeah. Um, and totally didn't have to because we were, we were like you know we were just coming up very in a very small way. We'd gotten. Our, our song Wolves was starting to get a lot of play on satellite radio and all nation. Yeah. That's kind of our first break and I guess they heard us there and it was just kind of lucky that they, they liked the song and they picked us. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, backstage, hanging out all the time, hearing war stories, uh, asking questions. They were super, super nice and super welcoming. And that's when Chester from Lincoln Park was singing for them. Mm. So, mm. Yeah, so Scott Weiland was still alive, but he was not in the band anymore. Yeah. Because they had, he, he had uh, burned the bridges. Yeah. I heard a, a bunch of stories about that, too. But, um, yeah, and so Chester is just also, obviously, a force of nature. Yeah. And he was super welcoming to us. Like, he saw us slumming it because our van broke down, so I borrowed my dad's Volvo. <laughs> And uh, he was like, where are you guys staying? I'm getting you guys a hotel room. And he got us hotel rooms like for the whole tour, just Man. out of pocket. Man, that's super. Yeah. Wow, that's... That's that's that, that's the headlining band, man. That's a that's a that's a nice dude right there. Um, I know, and then and no one does that. No one has to do that. So that's kind of a... We felt like he showed us how to be. Like, if we're ever in that position... For sure. We gotta do that. For sure. Yeah. Well... As far as Dreamers, it, it it wasn't too long after that that you guys picked up uh, Jacob, who yeah. I, I if he decided like he didn't want to if he didn't want to play rock music, I feel like he could probably be like a Calvin Klein model. That's a fact. I don't know. He's certified dude pretty. <laughs> that guy is just he's dude yeah. pretty. Agreed. Uh, how, Agreed. How did you guys meet up with Jacob and decide, you know, he's he's the drummer for Dreamers? Yeah, it's another another instant man crush. We uh, yeah, we were starting to tour, and our our drummer was like not being able to continue. We didn't want to continue mm-hmm. in tour life, so we we're like, all right, we have two weeks, and we have a tour. Um, I think it was an opening for Atlas Genius. Mm-hmm. We're like, we just got to find a drummer. So we we were in LA and millions of drummers here and we reached out to tons of people and we actually did auditions nice but uh yeah jacob was the last guy that we auditioned wow. and we kind of like knew yeah we knew we were looking for he could sing like a maniac which is what we really needed someone who could sing harmonies yeah very so nice. yeah and i guess he hadn't been he kind of quit music and he had a band for a long time and he was working a desk job and he thought he was done but we sucked him back in Wow, oh, that's so much better than a desk yes! job i'm sure he's i'm sure he's happy with his decision <laughs> i would be at least i think he is um well it's, it's something I've, I've been called out uh for doing this poorly on the show before but something about him reminds me I don't know. Have you seen Shawshank Redemption? Yeah, great, well, a great film from yeah. 1994. My favorite year for uh, music and film. <laughs> Fantastic, man. Well, he reminds me of the young inmate that comes in, the one that gets right. murdered by the warden. That's 
he I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure I'll put it I'll put it up on Instagram and everybody will tell me how dumb it is. But still, I that's what it reminds no. me. That's what he reminds me I of. I see it cuz that that guy's kind of a 50s greaser, you know. Yeah. He's kind of got the slick uh, pompadour and mm-hmm. Jacob's got the exact same vibe. Yeah, exactly. Well, I noticed something too about that time frame. I heard I heard uh, you guys actually talking about it in an interview and yeah. you guys did a test show at the venue El Cid, and you didn't want to call yourselves Dreamers. So since right. you were testing it out, you guys used the name Jack Ruby and the Lucky Dogs. Mm. Now, I'm, wow, you've I'm, really done your research. That's <laughs> impressive. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm a fan of history, so I instantly, as soon as I heard yeah. the name Jack Ruby, I was like, that's the guy who shot Lee Harvey Oswald, right? And I was like, "Yeah, right. it is." Why? Why did you? Why did you choose Jack Ruby? Why was that the name you went with? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, that was a that was a quick decision. That was like a uh, we shouldn't use our name. Like, what are we going to call ourselves? We literally in two seconds. Okay, came I, up with that. I thought but, maybe there was some kind of deep underlying conspiracy idea of maybe something with JFK's murder. I didn't know. I didn't know. Right. I, uh, <laughs> we're not in the Illuminati, and uh, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it. Listen, uh, we, uh, no, we're, we're interested in history big time, nice. and especially 60s history. And yeah, that was just kind of like, one, I knew, I knew about Jack Ruby, but I also thought he sounded like, uh, that name is exactly like Neil Diamond. Yeah. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. a, a slick name with a gem. Yeah. So it sounded like a lounge act. Nice. Yeah, uh, but also a great indie band name. So and we had a song called Lucky Dog. Yeah. So I think there it was. I'm pretty positive he changed, you know, I think his name was uh Ruben Stein and he ch- changed it to Ruby because he said, you know, oh, really? Ruben Stein's too popular, people know it. I'm gonna make it smoother and that's I mean, you know, he owned he owned like <laughs> nightclubs, I think. So it works. It works. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Not, I don't know much about him. That's really it's really interesting and it's crazy. It's, it's crazy how that all went down and it's no one is like no one knows exactly what it was still to this day. Exactly. It's uh very I mean, so many documentaries on it. It's uh it's it's why I mean just that like you watch the the replay and Jack Ruby just walks up and like the the Rangers that are beside Lee Harvey Oswald are just like no is that gonna happen oh, okay whatever oh yeah okay like, what can do about that like, and <laughs> they just over our head sort of drag him over to the side like I think he's dead now okay anyways like just feel Stop like that, that could have been prevented I don't know um, yeah. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, ba- back to the Dreamers. Uh, your guys' first full-length album. This album doesn't exist. Uh, you had the huge yeah. hit "Sweet Disaster," which almost at 51 yeah. million streams now by itself on Spot alone. Yeah. Uh, Spotify. Um, now, did you write? Did you write that song before Dreamers had been? created was that a a song you wrote in uh brooklyn or was that after that was uh after that was right when kind of right when dreamer started and we came to la for the first time nice i came for like two months just right when we signed the record deal just stayed in an airbnb and just wrote music every day nice just like we had to deliver them a record so that was one of the songs that uh came out of that Wait, now you you mentioned it before the sort of 
you get caught up in your own writing. You don't know if it's good or not. Did you think that one was good? Did you think that right. one was amazing? Uh, that one we did think was good. That one was one that the band was like pulling for. I remember the, the label at first didn't think it was a single. Label. For one, Come on, one guys. guy from the way. Right. <laughs> we were lucky. We have a really great label, but in that situation, they didn't see it. And there's one guy from the label who's like, that's a bad single. And we had to kind of argue for it. <laughs> Um, to come out. So that, that was kind of validating. We, we like, we like, always like that one. Yeah. I, I don't know how many times I've seen that on music documentaries. You know, somebody from people from the label right. being like, dumb, pass. And then two years later, <laughs> two years later, it's the biggest single. And like, All right. Sorry about that. Well, yeah. Okay. That yeah. It's a good one. You know, but to that credit, it's always, a, it's always a crazy dice roll, I feel like, with music. I feel like you can write. So many people have wrote, wrote, written the best song ever and it just didn't get any attention. Oh, yeah. And so many songs are just kind of not that good, but get huge attention. So yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like we're gamblers and it's just if you keep rolling the dice again and again, eventually you'll you'll land one. You know? Definitely. That, well, you, you mentioned that was right when you went out to L.A. and you guys have been out there now for, you know, six years or so now. I love to ask my guests this. Uh, if I'm coming out to L.A., I call you up and I say, Nick, I'm I'm gonna be out in LA one night. I need your yeah. restaurant recommendation. What's like your go-to? <laughs> it doesn't have to be the best thing, but it's like your go-to that you would recommend to him. I got an answer. I'd say, Doc, you gotta go mm-hmm. to El Compadre. El Compadre, nice. If you're into Mexican food, oh yeah, this place is yeah. It's like everyone uh, in LA knows El Compadre because there's two of them, but it's like. Uh, it's a super kitschy Mexican place, but mm-hmm. also super OG and authentic. Nice. Like you go in there, they have like a mariachi band playing. Sweet. And you're eating rice and beans, nice. and they have the flame and margarita, which is famous, which comes to you on fire. Ooh. And is extremely powerful. So like I, <laughs> I consider myself a an avid drinker, but if I have two of those, I'm like drunk. <laughs> I don't know Go if ahead. that's a good thing or a bad thing to consider yourself an avid drinker. I consider myself an avid well, drinker. <laughs> so I consider myself an athletic drinker. Nice. No. Uh, nice. I used to be a bartender, you know, so whatever. But uh, uh, <laughs> I probably had less to drink this year than, than any year before. Mm, mm. Um, Took the reverse of a lot of people during the, uh, the pandemic. Right. I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Your social but, drinker. Uh, I guess so. Yeah, I guess so. But that's uh, that that would be the place we I'd always want to go to when I got home. Like nice to LA after a long tour, exhausted. Like we gotta go to El Compadre right now. What what's normally your go to entree? Uh, and, and green enchiladas. Mmm, yes, I totally rice and beans. Totally agree. Well, uh, now <laughs> that I've got my food recommendation, uh, that's always important. <laughs> Uh, along yeah. with the fantastic Palm Reader, uh, the EP Palm Reader was released, and you have Heat Seeker uh, released, reimagined, if you will, with Grandson. Um, yeah. Now we've we've been lucky enough to talk to Jordan on the show, and he, so he, true. he seems like a awesome. infectious personality. Because I've had several guests that have done collaborations with him. Uh, is he one of those guys yeah. that you said, sort of same deal, like Man Crush, or at least like, hey, I wonder what Jordan's doing. I wonder what that guy's up to. Yeah, no, he definitely is. We I just talked to him yesterday, actually, on his uh, YouTube Live podcast. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, yeah, man, we met him on tour. We were both doing radio shows uh, around the same time. And uh, I remember we like drank beer with him backstage and became friends. Yeah. He's just a really inspiring uh, guy. He's he's like seems super motivated to like figure out the world and just do everything <laughs> that he can yeah. to make it better. And he's like doing it. And it's like people are responding to it in a huge way. He's always questioning and wondering and being like what can i do better that's different and always talking to people a lot mm-hmm. you know that's something that I've, I've never been so great at like uh my manager can go into a room and just like talk to everybody and like become close with the whole party you know <laughs> and i'm always just kind of like you know i got my close friends whatever i'm doing my thing yeah but uh jordan's jordan's good with that for sure um so yeah that's why he was like this whole ep is like a collab ep we'd never really done that before yeah um doing features you know with other artists so he's kind of a, a new thing for us nice. grandson is i believe first nice. um uh, he might have been an inspiration in that because he does that a lot and i featured on his ep which was uh all features yeah yeah you know, like uh, you know what are we doing we gotta we gotta do this you know he, like hip-hop you know everybody's yeah. cross-branded so. that's what he told me you know mind. when we were when we were talking about it that's what he told me you know he he watched the he watched the laurel canyon documentary and got inspired by all the 60s artists collaborating with right. each other and and going you know song for song back and forth from the beach boys to crosby stills and nash to and just and i was like all right well you, uh, I, I, did, I wouldn't have thought yeah. that for today's music, but man, you, you pulled it there. All right. like Yeah, and it, it was like that in Seattle, too, in the 90s, the grunge bands. It was like a scene. Yeah, for sure. We all knew each other, and they danced together. And yeah, yeah. All that stuff. So it kind of dawned on us like that we should be doing that more. We've done a lot with other artists, like for tours and videos and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so we're like, yeah, why not? Why not the music? Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned uh, you mentioned the the podcast. I, I watched a video uh, where you were talking to Jordan uh, on that before, and you guys were you were yeah. talking about politics, and it was right before the pandemic. And it's funny because he would start talking uh-huh. about a topic, and like you said, he'd get all riled up, and he'd just be like, I, I don't know, man, and I just I just don't. I don't know. And then you would just like calmly take a sip from the coffee mug that you had and you'd just be like, yeah, here's the thing about that topic in America. And you would go through this explanation and when you finished, he'd be like, yeah, you think that's a good way of looking at it. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. And like every single (laughs) thing, he would just like, he would get really amped up and then you'd be like, yeah, well, here's what I think people are seeing here. And you just slowly, and he'd be like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, uh, Nick's tamping out the fire here. He's, he's getting a little, he's calming him down to a a more agreeable level, but you're right. He is. That's a good, that's a good read. Yeah, he's very he's very impassioned though, like you said, and uh, yeah, one he's from Canada, so he's got like a little bit of different uh, set of standards and a different uh, mm-hmm. perspective. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, yeah, he's just he's really passionate, which is awesome. I mean, that's his power. Yeah, and I always need to be. I find myself needing to be around people like that because I think my strength is yeah, is like I'm Zen. I'm like you know, I got to be calm. If I'm calm, I'm going to do a good job. Yeah. And if I'm full of emotion, I'm going to f*** Yeah, something. yeah. Uh, so that's always my approach, but then, you know, to a fault sometimes. So it's sometimes I need uh, 
to be around people who are passionate and who have a little bit of a, a fire. You need to get the yang for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly the yang. Um, well, you you guys actually t- you put a video too, like where you guys just did one of the the performing in your respective homes there uh, of Heat Seeker, and you actually had Upsall in that yeah. one too. Um, yeah, I feel like now are are you putting those videos together? Because like I feel like it'd be real fun to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I did that one entirely. I just literally texted all those people and was like, "We're doing stay at home or uh, isolation version." Nice. Do you want to do it? Like, hit up Robert DeLong, he, who's an awesome dude. He lives like five minutes from me. Nice. Um, and he's just always cooking up madness. Yeah. Uh, so of course he was down, and just everybody, uh, you know, yeah, Dan from Joy Wave. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody was like, yeah. Nice. Yeah, everybody's so collaborative. It's like a rad vibe in this alt world because uh, we feel like underdogs and we're trying to, you know, make great music uh, popular. For sure. So everybody was like, and I just edited that on my computer. And they also texted me their videos. Nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah I, yeah. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that it, it gives me it gives me a weird satisfaction whenever i can sync up audio and video on software like i don't know what it is but when i put them together i'm like oh that's nice yeah like it just i don't know it's fun it's fun to do and just having like six people doing it uh on the same video i feel like it'd be it'd be a blast at least for one and then if you had to do it for like 30 you'd be like okay let's let's do something else it's fun i've I've always loved doing videos i've gotten more into it even in quarantine just like premiere and after effects yeah you got you got more time music i think more time to to work on it uh and speaking of that uh obviously haven't been able to tour um no bands have been really um yeah. and and watching your guys responses and in interviews I feel like it was probably pretty tough on you cuz you're one of those bands that just like I mean I remember one interview they asked you what your favorite thing about touring and you were like can I say everything everything and, and like how hard <laughs> how hard has it been not being able to do that for a full solid year Yeah it was definitely uh definitely felt like hitting a speed bump cuz we were you know, it's like our tours were starting to profit for the first time. We, we've been road dogs for six, seven years um, at minimum. Yeah. And we were just about to, like, we were just starting to achieve my lifelong dream of getting over to UK and Europe. Yeah. Tour. Uh, so that was finally just starting, and it was like, oop, we got to stop. <laughs> but uh, it's like, uh, I don't know, it was kind of... To me, kind of exciting, you know, that kind of exciting feeling you get when it's like Independence Day and the world is ending. <laughs> uh, and you're kind of like, what's happening? Something's happening right now. Yeah. And all of that is going to be there when we start up. We're going to hit the ground running. Everyone is going to be dying to go to a show, to go to a festival. Yeah. I predict, uh, yeah, a summer of love in a big way when everyone's just like finally free to do that again. So we're not worried about it. And honestly, it's been like a really rare, special moment to be able to be home after being gone, like literally all the time for five years. Yeah. To be home, I set up my home studio, learning new skills with production, video and all kind of stuff. So it's been kind of a nice little moment of reflection nice. and, and growth, honestly. Nice. Well, do now I haven't seen any concert announcements yet, but uh, vaccine numbers are going up, case numbers are going down. 
are you guys waiting yep. until you get like a a full green light or have you already scheduled things that you can't say yet we've been kind of looking at it the whole time and kind of always pushing it back and kind of wondering when we can do it it's probably going to be like we're going to try to kill it top of 2022 at this point mm, mm. um i heard there's some florida tours yeah going yeah. down though yeah we're <laughs> uh you know uh we're the not well obviously we're in the east but we're the wild wild west of the east <laughs> <We're> just, yeah <laughs> whatever whatever goes that's the caribbean man sort of <laughs> you know uh, whatever you feel like doing do it yeah it's kind of like we, we could do some things and there's talk of uh, we just heard about a festival possibly in ohio in like mm -hmm. august mm -hmm. uh but it's all like we'll see you know we're yeah. down We'll yeah. see a lot of places are like only 30% capacity, which is not really enough to like uh, pay for the tour. So yeah. you kind of got to hold your cards and yeah. see when uh, we can really do it. You want you want the full, yeah, the full green light. You don't want to, you know, pussyfoot it into, into the, the full, full uh, right. on concert series. Yeah. And a full tour. Um, well, right. what what else what else are you planning for 2021 yeah same kind of holding pattern but we're we're looking at uk and europe which we just gone over there for the first time play writing fest yeah uh so we're looking at that and it's just like yeah more u.s tours it's kind of like the same plan always which is just like go as fast as we can <laughs> and write as much music as we can and try to make it better and better nice nice uh and uh, just trying to make uh, rock and roll a thing again. Yeah, in a big way. Yeah, well, that's the goal to the moon. It's, you know, we all right, we always say our goal is to play the first sold out arena show on the moon. That's and uh, anything short of that goal will be awesome as well. But that's <laughs> where we're what we're trying for. That <laughs> that's I I think that's a little bit more achievable bar than Elon Musk is uh, his Mars stuff. So you know I think City the moon, on Mars. yeah I think the moon is a little bit more of a go. So we're gonna we're gonna cross our fingers right. and hope that happens for you. You know, uh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, and and until then we're gonna keep listening to Dreamers music. But uh, Nick, we are up against a break, man. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Dude, my pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's fun to, uh, it's like podcasts are kind of like a therapy session. You just like, <laughs> someone asks you, what is your life? And you're like, oh, I guess uh, I'll talk about that. <laughs> it, it is. It is to a degree, <laughs> man. And I think the therapy sessions are better than ever during the pandemic. You know, people are like, oh, man, right. I've just been sitting here downtrodden in my apartment. Yeah, I'll talk. Sounds someone good. Someone wants to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, listeners, next therapy session, next show, you can catch up with the Dreamers at Dreamers. Join us on Instagram. You can check their uh, website, www.dreamersuniverse.com. Let's take a listen to Palm Reader right now on the Doc G Show. And we are back here on the Doc A G A Show. Dreamers. Yes, indeed. Sir. 
Nice stuff. Nick Wold, man. Good Lord. Such a good interview. What a dude. Such a a good interview. First of all, I'm very excited that he is a fan of history, too. When I was going back Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I was looking at that stuff and I was like, Jack Ruby. Like, seriously, just like I told him, when I saw that he called that band Jack Ruby and the Lucky Dogs, I was like, isn't that the guy that shot Lee Harvey Oswald? And Lee Harvey Oswald is the guy that shot JFK. And I went back and looked, and I was like, yes! Yes, it is! Why did he call his band that? I was so excited, though, because I thought he was going to give me, like, some kind of really crazy, you know... uh, Nerd. Yeah, some kind of conspiracy, Illuminati. uh, And then he was just like, yeah, it's just what we went with. Oh, okay. All right, I guess that is simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I've got big news, though. This is, this is, uh, I'm, I'm jumping ahead just a little bit here. It's going in with the interview. You know how at the start of the interview, I agreed with him that I said Upsall would be too cool to talk to me, and she probably already right. is. Big news. Mm-hmm. She is going to talk to me. We have got her on the show. That's right. There you go. Now, after she talks to me, she probably will realize that she's too too cool to talk to me. But for now, she has agreed. Yes. Yes. And man, they made a song with Big Boy and Upsaw. That is so cool. It's a jam. Sweet. It is a jam, listeners. You got to go check it out. So true. It's it's right up there. One of my heavy repeat. I was not exaggerating when I told him. It's it's on heavy repeat. This is very true. Thank you for Nick <laughs> coming on to the show. Appreciate yes, sir. Thank it. Thank you again. Uh Dave, sad news. This is the third week. Oh. Third week I do not have a shoe for show and tell. Oh, I am we'll uh, get there. I'm not we'll doing this that. on purpose, listeners. I apologize. I just keep on forgetting to put it. You just it. can't buy he can't buy a shoe <laughs> can't, anymore. Can't buy them fast <laughs> enough, guys. But no, I mean, I've been too excited with the good interviews, man. I get all That's excited true. about the interviews, and then I'm like, oh, man, I forgot about Shoe and Tell again. I did not do my research rather, for Shoe and Tell. rather have the interview than a quick little Shoe That's and Tell true. segment. That's true. That's true. And I'm sure the listeners would, too. Uh, and and listeners, if you wouldn't, you need to prioritize. Prioritize the, the show. Get, get get new priorities. The, Come for the shoe and tell. Stay for the interview. There you go. I like it. I like it. That should be on a shirt, Dave. We're going to get a shirt with that. Um, there you go. Okay. Well, thank you, Nick. Dave, it's time. Third birthday suit. Let's do it. Three now, for three. Now, this one, this doesn't need much. Harder. No, no, no. This one's okay. great. This one, this one, I'm 100% that you'll get it. And in fact... Okay. I don't. Right. I, I. It's gonna need just a little bit more than Michael Jordan, but not much. Okay. Are you ready? Here we go. I'm ready. Quarterback, Colts, Broncos. Peyton Manning. There it is. Yes. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yes. Peyton. Very exciting. Uh, so let me. I'll give. I'll give. Oh, it's Peyton. Forty. Three, you know what? I was so excited about you getting it. I didn't even actually look at what he was turning. Uh, hold on, he's turning forty-five. I'll do it. Forty-six. Forty-six. He was born in wow, seventy-six. I didn't actually know. So he's turning forty-five. Sorry, turning forty-five. Man, didn't know that he was actually that old. I thought he was a little bit younger than that. Well, Peyton, you're older than I thought. Wow. Well, he's, I mean, he's he's only Happy birthday, Peyton. he's only two years older than uh, Brady, though. There you go, Tom. Uh, yep. 
But uh, just a little recap, listeners. Played at Tennessee, obviously, where he was the all-time passing leader with 11,201 yards, 89 touchdowns, winning 39 games as a starter. As a senior, he was an All-American, Maxwell Award winner, Johnny Unitas winner, and runner-up to Charles Woodson in the Heisman. He went to the NFL where he was a five-time MVP winner, a 14-time Pro Bowler, a two-time Super Bowl champion, retired jersey with the Colts, retired jersey with the Broncos, holds the NFL record for most passing touchdowns in a season, holds the most record for most passing yards in a season, holds a record for most touchdown passes in a game, and he has a show on ESPN Plus that is far, far more popular than our show. There it is. Peyton Manning. That's true. Peyton Manning. Happy birthday, Peyton. One of my favorite players of all time, it, even though he used to kick our butts. He uh, had just—I just enjoy his lovable personality. I mean, yep. those those, yep. those Buick commercials are still some of my favorite car commercials. Back in the day, when he had those Buick commercials, man, those were good. Mm-hmm. I don't—I don't like the insurance ones with uh, with uh, Brad Paisley nearly as much. I mean, yeah, I don't dislike yeah, them, little... but they're they're not nearly as good as the Buick ones. The Buick ones, right? Gold. Gold, comic gold, love those. But turning forty-five seems to be really enjoying the uh, the show. There, it's really good. Peyton's places, it's good stuff. Uh, I haven't seen it. I don't. I don't pay for it because oh. I'm a cheapo. But oh man, it's good. You need to. I'll, I'll need to. I, I somehow stream it to you from me. I don't know. Yes, uh, there we go. But it's it's good, man. He's had. Uh, you know, he had uh, Deion Sanders on there. He had Brett Favre mm-hmm. on there. He had David Letterman on there. Uh, oh. Yeah, just all kinds of good stuff, man. And there's just so many. And he just kind of interviews them? Yeah, they do funny things at their own places. Like, you know, he goes to he goes to their, you know, stadiums and different things. And, like, like mm. uh, he interviewed, he did John Elway for one show. And, you know, mm-hmm. John Elway was, they, they used to call it a thing like the Elway the Elway cross like that he threw mm-hmm. he threw the football so hard that the 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 edge of it you know where the seams come together would make a cross mm-hmm. indent on the person's chest mm-hmm. if you couldn't catch it and so oh, they redid that with you know one of like the the like body jelly things that the cops use you know to practice oh, like actual yeah, yeah. ballistics testing they did that with mm-hmm. uh with a football toss and yeah he smashed that thing good with a football. Game, game across. It was it was impressive. But it's a really good show. Listeners, uh, after you get done listening to our show, go check it out. But definitely don't leave our show to check it out. Don't do that. Nope. That's, <laughs> no, no, that's no. not worth it. Happy birthday, Peyton. Enjoy it, man. <laughs> Enjoy your 45th. Big one there. Good there time. Go. And it, hey, hey, if you got time, come on our show. We'd love it. Um, oh, yeah, we would. Dave, as I told you before, we do have two great shows coming up. Very excited about these shows. We have next on the list, Unlikely Candidates. These dudes just had a number one on the alternative billboard charts. Not not in the top ten, not five, number one. Number it was uno. number one. It's already almost Dang. up to 30 million... Or, 20 million streams on Spotify in just two years. Crazy. Very impressive. These guys are out of Dallas. They're a good time. Well, actually, I should be specific. Fort Worth. Fort Worth. 
Apparently, there's a big dividing line. That, there, that means you know? something. Well, oh, okay. you know, it's us, one of those. Uh, they Floridians don't really know. Well, it's one of those that you know the two cities sort of divided or uh, came together. You know, and it's the Dallas Fort Worth area. But apparently, right. you know, in the homebodies, it's still are you You're in Fort Worth or, or are you in Dallas? You know, mm. yeah, yeah, Got they're it. in Fort Worth, but. Very excited. Cole and Kevin are going to come on. Cole loves pizza. I love pizza. It should be a good time. Then, the week after that, we've got Upsall. As I mentioned, I can't wait. She is way too cool for our show, and she doesn't know that yet. So, so true. I'm very excited about her coming on. Nobody tell her that she's too cool for this show. Do not inform Don't her of that. <laughs> Don't let her know. She'll find out soon enough once she starts talking to me. But until then... She won't know. So I'm very excited, guys. You need to stick with the show. But for now, me and Dave are going to go. And this is wrapping it up for this week. I have been your host, Doc G. With me, as always, Dave Burles Berlin. Say what? Good thing you're still listening and not at Peyton Show. Thank you. Keep doing it. <laughs> and come back next week. Same time, same place. Wednesday at 7. Until then, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity-doo-dah.